Welcome to the Shed Podcast, where we have a fun time of sharing hearts, encouragement, and dinner. But today, I'll be sharing desserts. Um, Well, guys, I'm happy to be with you for another episode of the Shed Podcast. I'm Tia Marie Arnold. Um, Today has been a very emotional day for me. Um, And I feel like this is going to be a good time of sharing with you guys today because I have so much on my heart. Um, So let's dig in. I first want to thank you for um, coming and listening to the podcast and being a part of this. It has been so much fun, and I pray that I'm being a blessing to you. Um, My share for today is called The Burger 21 Experience. Yes, this story is going to be um, quite interesting. So it didn't happen this past week, but I feel like I need to like catch you up on this whole situation. It was absolutely crazy. If you don't know, Burger 21 is a burger joint here in Georgia. Um, it's awesome. I love it. It's great. So this really isn't about the restaurant, even though I am giving a shout out to them because they are really good. Um, but my um, best friend and my daughter, we were all having a girl's day And so we went somewhere earlier that day. I can't remember where we went, but we wanted to go get some burgers. So we pulled up into Burger 21 and I pull into a parking spot, which is right in front of the restaurant. We're all excited. I get out the car and my best friend and my daughter are getting out on the other side and I'm almost in the store. I mean, in the restaurant and I noticed that they weren't there. So I kind of turned around And I go back and there's this blue minivan. This lady gets out and she's screaming. I can't believe it. And I'm like, what happened? And she was like, your daughter scratched my car. Now, my daughter um, had just turned six, you know, and so my daughter and my best friend are like, you know, kind of like, what, what, huh? And I'm like, you know, I wasn't even over there. So I'm like. Okay, okay, ma'am. All right. First of all, tell me what happened. She was like, your daughter scratched my car. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, Megan, did you scratch her car? And she's like, yeah. And so then I'm like, okay, ma'am, you know, calm down. I'm trying to calm her down because she's irate. She's screaming. I mean, we had just moved here, right? So I'm like, okay. Um, And she's like, Um, well, what are you going to do about it? And I'm like, well, okay, ma'am, I would like to talk to you, but I kind of need you to stop screaming. Like we can have a civil conversation. And she's like, well, your daughter scratched my car and that's ridiculous. And she's just going off. And I'm like, she's like, well, what if I scratched your car? And I'm like, go ahead, you know, go ahead and scratch it. Like, it's just a car. It's fine. And she was kind of like taken back by, you know, that I said that. And so, you know, she so then I'm like, Megan, come here because Megan's now on the sidewalk and she's crying her eyeballs out. I'm like, Megan, come here. I said, tell this woman you're sorry for scratching your car. It was a complete accident, ma'am. I'm like, she's only six years old. She did not mean to do it. And, you know, because this woman is like in my face and my best friend's about to like step in or whatever. And so she's like, stop, you know, stop yelling. Don't get in her face and all that. And so I bring Megan over and I'm like, Megan, apologize to this lady. 
that you scratched her car. And so Megan's like, you know, she's crying. She's like, I'm sorry. And so the woman like looked at her and she got down on her level and she's like, can I talk to her for a second? And I'm like, sure. So she gets down and she's like, I'm sorry I yelled at you. You know, I'm just having a bad day. It's okay. Don't cry. I didn't mean to ruin your day. And Megan, again, is just bawling. So I did appreciate that this woman apologized to my daughter. So then when she got up, she then apologizes to me. She's like, I'm just having a hard time and I'm sorry. I know I overreacted. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, she's like, it's just so much going on. And so me being who I am, I'm like, well, do you want me to pray for you? And she was like, that's the last thing I want you to do. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of discerned immediately, like, she's definitely not religious. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, it's okay, you know. And, and so she asked if we could hug. And I'm like, yes, we can hug. And I'm like, listen, I know that you don't want me to pray for you, but I'm going to pray for you anyway. And I'm like, it's okay. I forgive you. We all have a hard time, you know. And I, and I kind of met her where she was. But my nerves, y'all, were like completely shook. I was not expecting that. So, yeah, we, we, um, so Megan, you know, she, that was traumatic for her. It was traumatic for me. I've never had anybody like roll up on me like that and ready to throw down over a scratch on the car, you know? Um, and I didn't even see the scratch. Like, there was one little dent and I'm like, I don't even know if my car, yeah, I did say this. I'm like, I don't even know if my car even did that. Like you could have had that. I know that probably like pricked her a little bit, but anyway, that was a very interesting experience. But let me tell you what I learned about it. I learned that most of the time when people take frustrations out on you, it's because, um, they're going through something. And most of the time, it's not personal. And I thank God in that moment that I was able to keep it together and hear him clearly because I did feel like I was getting this strength from him to discern the situation. I knew that it was going out of hand and that she had some balled up stuff going on. I didn't think it was racial. I didn't think it was, you know, due to size or, you know, whatever. Like her car was better than my car, but it was a minivan and I drive a Kia and, you know, whatever. Um, so what my purpose of saying that was like, it wasn't like two Rolls Royces, you know, parked next to each other. Uh, but she you know, was in a bad place. Um, and I did sense that. And because I sensed that, I feel like it helped me stay grounded and realize that I could go to her level. And she was expecting me to, you know, yes, I did. I stood up for myself. You know, I, I made certain comments like you need to lower your voice. She's only a child. This is just a car. It's not that serious. We can talk this over. You can call my insurance company. Absolutely. Whatever you need to do. Do you want their number? I said all those things. Um, and I wasn't like yelling. I was not going to go to that level with her, but I was very um, uh, strong in my stance of how I felt. 
But there was also this underlining strength and this underlining voice that said, be a light in this situation. Um, We did talk a little bit right before we went our separate ways about, you know, me praying with her. And like I said, she already expressed that she definitely didn't want that. Um, But she also expressed that she wants to have nothing to do with God. And I didn't want to push her because I'm, that's just not me, you know, but I feel like my actions in that moment represent more of Christ than my words could have. And the fact that I hugged her and the fact that I said, I'm going to pray for you anyway, because, you know, that's just what I do and it's going to be okay. And I was able to encourage her. I believe that was a great uh, way to be Christ-like, you know. I'm not sure if I'll ever see this woman again. And I'll be honest with you, every time I roll up or roll next to a Burger 21, I will always remember that experience because it was extremely traumatic. Um, and and I won't lie, like, because I, I don't mind like having confrontation. Um, I kind of call it more of a discussion. Like, I don't mind sharing things that bother me or being able to talk about things that maybe I don't agree with. But when it's so irate like that and it's so aggressive, it did kind of I felt like uh, there was this spirit of fear that was trying to come on me because I'm like, gosh, what if I ever do see her again or what somebody else does that because we had just moved here and I knew how much of an impact it had on my daughter. Um, But I wasn't going to allow that to happen. You know, Um, I felt God's strength in that moment. And it will be, I think my takeaway from that moment will be that God will give you strength in moments that are hard like that when you have to have those um, confrontations and unexpectedly, like I said, I just, I just pulled up because I was hungry. You know, we were just about to eat. I was not expecting to have this big old experience in a parking lot and people are watching and walking by. And I mean, it was, man. Anyway, but I do feel like, God, you chose me in that moment to go through that and be there for her and that I was prepared. So I thank God for that. Um, So, yeah, that's that. I wanted to share that experience with you because it is one that I think I will never forget. All right. Well, um, I want to jump into hearts. Uh, (laughs) So yesterday I took the final class uh, to get involved in my church. But real talk, I was scared. Um, Today's heart is a deep and painful and personal topic of church hurt. I want to talk about church hurt. I have went back and forth with this um, the past few days because church hurt was kind of on my heart and then going through the class yesterday, which was great. It was a great class to go through. I enjoyed it. And uh, this was the final class um, to get involved. And I remember sitting there and very hesitant of what I wanted to get involved with. Um, And so I want to talk about how to handle church hurt. I'm not going to share too much of, or maybe I will, of kind of like where I sit with this and how it relates to me. I feel like all of us who have been in church have experienced church hurt. 
Um, and I have to be honest, I have not always handled it correctly. My husband and I have been to several churches throughout our marriage. Um, and I think there's a twofold to that. Some people have looked at us and looked at our ministry and said, you guys are um, your missionaries in the area of worship. And the crazy thing about that, when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, what does that mean? But we started hearing it from other people who don't know each other in different states. And I feel like God confirmed that for us, um, that, you know, people can look at you moving from church to church to church as something's wrong with you or you're running. Um, And there were times that I was intimidated by that thought because I have uh, been to several churches where people have been there 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And so there, I believe there are a group of people who look down on people who God move around and they shun them as they're church hopping. But that's not what we were. And I believe that the Lord had sent certain people to speak that word into our lives that were worship missionaries um, to help us stay grounded and kind of X out that thought of the negative condom, the negative um, remarks of church hopping. Um, But in our journey of being worship uh, missionaries, and, and that term meaning that God has sent us to certain places to impart seeds of worship and to um, expose a different style of worship and to bring freedom. Um, and so when we've done that, we have gone to churches with excitement. You know, we come in the door, we're excited. Um, and yes, we will be hired on. And um, we would do what we feel we're called to do and really would mesh with with the people. Um, every single church we've ever been to, the people is what always tugged on my heart because I would build such great relationships at all the churches that we went to. Um, but uh, a lot of the churches that we went to, um, we experienced church hurt. And so the first time that I experienced church hurt, it was pretty traumatic to the point that I had to go to therapy. Uh, And I'm not going to talk about the situation, but I will say what I did wrong. Um, I never turned my back on God. I will say that. Let me start with what I did do right. I didn't turn my back on God and I didn't blame God for the hurt that I went through. Um. And I feel like that's uh, very important when you go through church hurt because these are people, you know, I don't care what position they're in, from the pastor to the person in the back pew, they're people. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to um, be in their feelings. Uh, Just because they have a relationship with God, you know, we have to keep in mind with them and with ourselves. And listen, this was not my mindset back then. I will admit this is something that I had to learn along the way is that just like the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me, the Holy Spirit is doing a work in them. And sometimes we have that thought, well, if the Holy Spirit still has to do that much work in you, why are you in leadership? But I don't think that's an honest 
um, I wouldn't say honest. I don't think that's a fair way to look at things because we're not the, you know, we can't judge the Holy Spirit's process and the journey in somebody's life. Um, And keep in mind that our works don't qualify us for ministry. It's Jesus who qualifies us for ministry. And so none of us are perfect, no matter what level of ministry we're in. Um, But if, if that person is called to be in that particular leadership in the church, just like all of us, we're called to a particular place in our lives. Um, God does not call the qualified. And so my stance is if you think you are qualified, most likely God didn't call you there. And so I have to, um, we all have to keep in mind that people are not perfect. And so you should never uh, allow your relationship with God to be altered by by human mistakes and human thoughts. Um, And that was the one thing that I never did. You know, if anything, I allowed my church hurt to draw me closer to God. Um, But it was, it was, you know, the church hurt was, it was hard. Um, Also, I didn't allow church hurt to stop me from finding a church that could minister to me, you know, Um, and I thank God for that as well, because if I would have went, you know, the first, the first time I experienced church hurt, if I would have turned my back a on God and then be on the fellowship of, of church, there are so many relationships that I would have missed out on. Um, and so I think it's really important that when you experience church hurt, that you don't do those two things. Don't turn on God and don't turn away from the church. Um, What I did do wrong and what I encourage you not to do is to leave in a place of, of hurt. That's hard to do. It's hard to sit in a place um, and, and keep experiencing the hurt. And you may not agree with this. This is just something that for my life that I had to learn to do is that when I believe when God has dismissed you from a place that it won't be in conflict and confusion, because when it is done in conflict and confusion, it's oh man, it's messy, which caused me to have to go to counseling. Um, and I, I'm not saying it was all my fault. It, it, but I'm not here to talk about what somebody else did. I'm just saying what I learned from it and how me learning that very thing, making sure that when you do leave, that you are not leaving in a, in a negative place, that your heart is not in a negative place. There still may be confusion going on, but I believe you need to leave in peace. I believe that when God dismisses it, it's not going to, um, be this messy ball of confusion and conflict in you. Um, And so I did. I left, my husband and I left a place where we were in complete confusion and conflict and really hurt, and rightfully so. The hurt was real, and it was something that was inflicted on us. How we handled it, though, was what we did wrong, and... I will have to say for many years, and this happened maybe 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. um, No, I've only been married 
for almost 10 years. So nine, maybe nine or eight years ago. Um, when, when we did leave, there was a spirit of guilt that followed me because I didn't feel like I ended it correctly. And so, um, when you are hurt by people, I know that it's easy for us to say it's the church, but it's the people that people hurt you. The body of Christ, the true body of Christ, will not, I believe they will operate in the way that Christ operates. Um, And that doesn't mean that everybody in the body of Christ is going to operate the way that Christ operates, but the whole body of Christ, the the when God is in it, He will um, comfort you. There will be a sense of comfort. There will be a sense of understanding. And so, when you come across a situation or a person or a leader that's not operating in that, to me, that's a good sign to know. Okay, God is not in that, but that doesn't mean that God is not in the body of Christ, which is the church. Um, and so. When is it time to leave? If you are hurt and you really feel like God is releasing you, I believe that he will do it in order. I believe that he will do it to where you're not walking away, walking away with bitterness and with anger, because when you walk away with that stuff, it's not going to affect the place that you're leaving. It's going to affect you. And I'm not. Um, sure. No, no, I'm not even gonna say I'm not sure. I am sure that God doesn't want us leaving a place like that because he knows it's going to eat you up and he's not in the business of eating you up. He's not in the business of of having you walk around with with um, bitterness and walking around with anger, walking around with envy, walking around with depression. He's not in the business of that. He's in the business of healing and the business of comforting, you know, and he wants to make sure that you are um, in a good place and that your soul is prospering, not your soul is is being filled with negativity. Um, and I know that's hard. That is so much easier said than done. But I did say situation A, you know, that hurt, it was probably the worst church hurt I experienced. And it was the hardest thing that I walked through and I did not leave it correctly. But we also, we went to another church um, and we experienced church hurt again. This time I was a little bit less involved because I had that hurt and because I had that bitterness and because I had that anger. Um, and because I was still walking in depression with it, I was not, um, yes, I did. I did allow myself to be open to another ministry, mainly because my husband who was working in the ministry, um, but I did, you know, I was, I wasn't involved, but I was close enough to meet people and man, I was blessed. I was absolutely blessed by doing that. Um, but I was also very closed off. Uh, and because I learned such a valuable lesson from situation A, which was not to leave in that negative mindset, that negative uh, negativity in my heart and in my soul, um, when we got to situation B, 
um, it was a, a big reminder to not leave situation B like I left situation A. So in situation B, when people's uh, true colors started to show, when things were starting to be revealed, um, we were determined that we were going to stay still and we were going to pray about this and we were going to take it to God because we didn't want to make the same mistake as situation A. And when um, situation B came to an end, it was not because we moved. It was because God moved. He did it. And when he did, when he does it, and I know y'all know this, there's just such a, a peace and a relief that I wasn't even in this. Now God did that. And we were relieved that we were released. And so, um, so it, it helped my healing, but there was still all that stuff still there because I didn't handle situation A correctly. Um, and so situation C, y'all, we done been through some stuff. Situation C, um, we learned from situation A and situation B. We learned that that how when it is time to, to go, that you got to do what we did in situation B. We got to pray about it. We got to sit in it. Situation C, man, it was so much going on. It was, and it had nothing to do with us, nothing to do with us, but there was some mess going on that was absolutely against the word of God. And things didn't start to unravel until we had been there about two years. And again, it had nothing to do with us. It was the confusion, the chaotic and the sin that was going on around us. And we had to continue to do the assignment that we were called to do. But that hurt was different because when you when you uh, build relationships with certain people and then you find out that they're walking in deceit and deception that doesn't affect you, but it's still heartbreaking. And yes, you got to keep in mind, people are people. That was the one thing that we had learned. So by situation C, we were on our knees immediately. Um, but what happened in situation C is that um, they were upset that we were not okay with what was going on. And um, that got hurtful. Things were said, uh, things were done because we were not in agreement. And in that, God released it as well. And that was more that was more hurt. Um, so how do you heal? How do you heal from church hurt? Um, I'll just tell you, I don't have the answers. I can just share with you how I healed. Um, and my husband walked through this with me. It was us together. He kind of has this way of looking at it like I'm just here on assignment. I'm I'm keeping my heart and my emotions out of it. You know, I'm totally different. I'm like, I'm here on assignment, but I love to put my whole heart into it. Um, and that was not the end of our church hurt. I'm just going to stop at situation C because there is a situation D. But it's not situation D wasn't that 
hard for us to walk through because we had already been through A, B, and C. Um, and again, it hasn't stopped us for from our pursuit of God. And and so how you heal from that is that is you have to continue to pursue God in your in your healing and allow him to go to those places. And I will say, uh, because I didn't turn my back on the church, it was the church where I found my healing. Um, but like I said, yesterday, um, going through, we're at a, we're at a, a church that we, we truly feel safe. We feel safe and we love it. We have completely come in the door opposite of all the other times we came through the door. Um, we are not in church employment. We are, we are just going as a family and we love it. Our kids love it. We love it. We, we love everything about it. We know though, underneath the surface, there's going to be stuff because people are people. We know that. Um, but being at that class yesterday, it kind of made me say and question, like, am I completely healed by this? And I will have to say, I won't know until I try. And I believe with with being um, going through healing from church hurt is allow yourself to still be used by God and you will see the healing take place. You know, after the last situation of church hurt, we still got involved and um, we 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 tried we tried we tried to hide <laughs> we tried to hide out in the back um but god called us forward and we could have said no we could have said i'm done with it but we didn't we volunteered we served and i started seeing myself heal i believe you'll always have just because you're healed doesn't mean you're not going to forget you'll still have the scars but don't allow the enemy to stop you from being used because of humans. My Lord, we're going to always be hurt by people. We're going to be hurt by our spouses, but do we stop loving them because they hurt us? No. We're going to be hurt by our children, but do we stop loving them because they hurt us? No. So you're going to be hurt by people who go to church or as they call them, church folk. You're going to be hurt by them. They're not perfect just like you're not perfect. But um, it's important to... Uh, trust God in it and know that if he allows you to go through it, then he's going to comfort you. He has everything you need for your healing to take place and it's going to take time. But I will say, you know, don't stop serving and don't stop um, allowing God to use you because you are wounded. Sometimes it's the most wounded people that will be the greatest blessing to people because now I feel like, you know, I I um I met someone not too long ago and she was just pouring her heart out about how she's been hurt from this church and then this church and then that church and in that moment as we're sitting around the table and I'm listening to her share, it dawned on me that wow, I feel like I'm somebody who can relate to her without judging her. And it's not easy for certain people to share the hurt that they've had through ministry work because it is something that gets snared on sometimes because people automatically think, well, what did you do? And the reality is 
both parties played a part. Let's be real. Like both both parties somehow may have. Well, I can't say in all cases because, um, yeah, there there are some other situations that I know of that are, you know, uh, they're they're too deep to actually talk about right now. And it's not my story to tell, but it in most in most cases, I, I can't say that. I guess I can't say in most cases. I guess different scenarios are, you know, that their scenarios are different. But in in most cases, when someone shares, there are people that will look at you like, well, it was your fault. You didn't want to submit. You didn't blah, blah, blah. You did. You should have just dealt, you know, all that stuff. Um, but when she was sharing, I felt like, I could be a comfort to her and that I didn't have any place of judgment because I've been there. You know, I know what that feels like and it's hard and it's a miracle that I can like talk about this and not fall apart because I had to go through some serious therapy. It was hard for me to, uh, to feel comforted and to, uh, walk through another situation and then another situation and then another situation. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I had several uh, thoughts of turning my back on ministry altogether, you know, but I know God has called me to ministry. I know God has not just had me go through those things for nothing. And I don't have any shame in sharing that, yes, I've done some things wrong. I handled some situations wrong. I had some bad attitudes, but, you know, this, I, I'm, I don't have a problem with sharing that. Um, but I also know that all things will work together for my good. And, um, and there are other people out there who need to feel safe to share their hurt so that they can heal, so that they can be used. Because I know that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to stop people from using their gifts in the body of Christ. He's trying to destroy the name of of the church and destroy the the name and the integrity and the character of the body of Christ. And I know that we can't allow that to happen. You know, us that have been wounded, us that have been hurt, us that have been deceived, we can dust those things off and be reminded that God is our comforter. He is our fighter. He's got our back. He is our healer. And that we cannot keep our mouths closed. We cannot keep our hands closed. We cannot not be used all because of something that we've been through. We got to continue to press forward and got to continue to be used in the body of Christ because we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And the enemy knows that. If he dismantles the hands and feet, if he dismantles, you know, the army of the Lord, then we can't fight the kingdom of darkness. But we got to keep fighting. We got to keep fighting. And does that mean um, I'm, and I believe that we have to fight inside the church walls and outside the church walls. I truly believe that. Because people come into the church walls and if it's broken, you know, we we can't be we just can't be broken on the inside. Um, so that's that's my heart for today. That's my heart. That's on my heart. And I hope that that 
helps anybody who's listening that has dealt with church hurt, just remember that they're people and they're not God. And we can't look at them like they are. And if we do, that needs to be a heart check for us. And I'm, I mean, that's real talk. That's real talk. It takes a lot of trust uh, to get back up from hurt. And I get that. But trust in the right thing, not in the people. Trust in God. He's the one that you got to trust in. You cannot trust in people because when you trust in people, you will get hurt and you're going to continue to get hurt. Trusting in God is not going to stop you from getting hurt by people. But what it will do is it will shield you from the enemy. The enemy will not have access to your heart and your soul because you're trusting in God. Are your feelings still going to get hurt? Absolutely. But God knows how to handle that. Are you still going to feel like giving up sometimes and turn away? Absolutely. But God knows how to handle that too. He knows how to handle your church hurt. And I'm saying that from experience because, and I'm talking to myself because he has handled mine. He has handled mine. If I look back at all the places that I've been through and all the hurt that I experienced and all the times that I wanted to give up, I'm still sitting here and I believe I'm still being used by God. I'm not sure. Only two people may hear this podcast, but I'm still being used by God. And God is doing a work even in me as I'm talking about this. And it's a beautiful thing because that's how God works. He works in ways that we don't understand. He works through our pain. He works through our hurt. He's good at that. He's good at that. All right. Well, let's move on to um, our encouragement for the day. I feel like I'm already been encouraging, but we're going to keep on encouraging. Um, Today's encouragement it's a very personal one as well. I told y'all, it's, I don't know if I told y'all, but it has been a day. It has been a day. I have been in a very emotional place today. Um, and I feel like today's encouragement really is going to be for myself. Um, it's from, I want to kind of read from my book. I'm not sure if you know, but I wrote a book called uh, Soul Sister. It's a 31-day devotional and journal. It's renewing your mind and your emotions with the Word of God. And um, there was, so today when I woke up, I'm going to try not to complain too much about my day, but I will go ahead and tell you about it. My day uh, started with my daughter coming into my room, bawling her eyeballs out because she said her ear hurts. She's about to sing in a talent show on Friday. She's going to sing Reckless Love, and it's incredible. She had the panel because she had to like do her whatever she's going to do for a talent show in front of them, and they had to approve it. And there were maybe, it was a panel about seven women or so. And by the end of her song, they were crying, like wiping their faces. And I was like, okay, this girl is about to minister on Friday. So in the devil's way of doing things, of course, she catches a cold and her nose is just going, 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 which... Any vocalists listening out there, you know what impact that can have on your vocal cords. And luckily, it's, it's still what, four days out. Um, but now she's dealing with her ear. Her ear is hurting, which is possibly due to all the fluid that she's dealing with. And so, of course, I'm like, OK, I literally open my eyes and this is the first thing that's going on. 
And so I'm like, okay, well, let me take care of you. So I take care of her. And a little backstory at three o'clock this morning, our dog wants to poop in his crate again for the fourth day in a row. And so I knew I had to deal with that. So I come downstairs and I have to sanitize the kitchen as much as I can, but I also have to get the kids out the house and all that. So I'm going through the kids book bags, making sure I got everything out. It's a brand new week. So that's when I clean out their book bag and look at everything. And I get this note to the parents of my son, you know, so I open it up and it's a letter saying that he has to go to Saturday school and my heart dropped. It dropped. Um, And of course, I'm like, well, I know this will be good for him. And I've shared his, you know, his story uh, in last week's podcast. But it it I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. And it kind of took me um, on this emotional ride. And uh, which brings me to where I am right now on this emotional ride because um, I just, in that moment, I felt like I failed. I did, okay? And I know you may be like, it's not that serious. But for me, it just made me feel like, am I dropping the ball somewhere? You know, am I, am I giving him my best? Am I helping him succeed? And I've been praying ever since he was little, um, you know, since he's been diagnosed with autism and having developmental disorder and brain scarring and, and some of the things that, you know, sensory processing and, and all those things, I've been trying to do my best and we jumped on it early. You know, we uh, had an intervention, interventionist come to the house uh, early when he was one and a half because I saw signs and I wanted to jump on it. He started therapy right away before he was two. They were coming out and they were really, you know, impressed that we were able to see these things early um, and notice them. And of course, when they saw it, they noticed it because they're they're the professionals. But he went to therapy every single week for three years. Um, I jumped on his IEP immediately when he can get into it was even before he got into kindergarten. I got him an IEP um, in the public preschool program so that he can get the, the things that he needed early. Um And I'm sorry, guys. I just feel like I'm doing the best that I can. So seeing this letter come home, I know that he needs it and I know that it would be good for him. But it just hurts me because I just want him to succeed. And my thought was, God, I'm waiting for this thing to turn around. Um, and so my encouragement to you and to me, it comes from um, my, it's come, it comes from an Instagram post that I have put up on uh, my soul sister 
page, it says, sometimes what we learn and who we become in the process of waiting is even more important than what we're waiting for. And that's so good. Um, it reminded me of of a devotional that I had wrote in my book called Finding Rest. Um, when you're waiting on God, it it's not that he won't do it. I know that he's going to do it. I know that my God is faithful. He has promised me healing for my son. And I've seen him do such a work in my son. But I'm still waiting. And in that waiting, am I going to focus more on what I want God to do? Or am I going to focus more on what God is doing in me? What is God teaching me? What can I learn as I'm waiting on him? And I was reminded just as I'm waiting on God, I need to wait in God. And whatever it is that you're waiting for, whatever it is that you're believing God for, I mean, I don't know how long you've been waiting. It could be that you've been waiting for two days. It could be that, you're, that you've been waiting for seven years. Um, but wait in God. Wait in Him. Trust in Him. Um, I... Like I said, I was reminded of the devotional from my book, and I kind of wanted to um, kind of go through it a little bit. The scripture that stuck out with me is, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. That's Psalm 62, verse 1. Um, it's it's easy for us to not think about resting in those moments of waiting. We get busy, you know, with our titles, whatever they are, mom, father, husband, wife, you know, brother, sister, friend, we get so caught up in, okay, I got to be this, I got to do that. Titles at our jobs, you know, responsibilities. We we can get caught up in those things and um, it can be difficult for us to remember to rest. But resting doesn't come easy. Um, and it's something that we have to be intentional about. Um, it's important to just not find rest physically, but we also need to find rest for our souls, and that's by entering into spiritual rest. The only way to enter into a spiritual rest is by trusting in God. Uh, our soul is where the spiritual battles are taking place. There is a constant pooling of thoughts, emotions, and wills. It's the busiest part of our three-part being. And in result of all the busyness, our souls love to be fixers and will ask, well, what do I need to do? Well, why is this happening? Or when is it going to turn around? Or where do I need to, to get help? Or how do I do it? But we have to rest in God and say, I don't know the details, I just need to trust in God. Trust that at the right time, God will make things clear in his timing. He may not answer all the what's and the why's and the how's or the how long's, but he will eventually make it clear. He will lead, guide, and never leave or forsake us because that's what he has promised us. When we try to do it on our own, we're taking ourselves out of rest. And when you're in waiting, you know, you may wait for a little bit, but eventually 
If you're trying to figure things out, you're going to take yourself out of your rest. When we trust and pray and wait on God, we will find the rest for our souls. All the noise, all the thoughts and emotions will come under submission of the supernatural peace of God, which is found in his rest. So I encourage you that if you're seeking direction, if you're seeking answers, if you're waiting on something, rest in him. You can't hear God and wait on him if you're consumed with all your thoughts and your busyness. The world says work, worry, and wonder, but the spirit that's in you says wait, worship, and watch. Wait, worship, and watch. You know, there's a scripture in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So let's talk to him. Let's tell him we can, you know, tell him that, God, this is what I want for my child. This is what I'm believing for for my spouse. This is what I'm believing for in our marriage. This is what I'm believing for in our finances. He wants us to do that. But then we have to let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, be in our hearts and it will guard our hearts and minds through Jesus. That's his promise to us. So there may be areas in your life that, you know, you may want to ask like, okay, well, how am I going to do this? In our, in our human nature, in our humanity, we're going to say, well, okay, God, you're, you know, he's taking so long. So maybe I'm not doing enough. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to, maybe I need to. Um, and I challenge you and I'm trying to encourage you to silence that and trust in him. Wait in him. You're going to wait on him. It's a part of the process, but just wait in him as well. Amen. All right. I know this is a very like intense podcast today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kind of. Not really, but it's going to get it's going to it's going to lighten up right now. We're going into the dinner section, but I have a little surprise for y'all because today is not dinner. Today is desserts. Yes, the D for today is desserts. Y'all know I come alive when I'm talking about some food. I do come alive when I talk about the word of God as well. But, you know, I do love the word of God with some food. Yes. Amen, saints. Okay, so today's dessert is banana chocolate walnut muffins. And I decided to be very proactive and I already put this recipe on the website. What website am I talking about? It is www.tmariearnold.com. Yes. Go to the website and you'll see a tab that says recipes. You'll also see a tab that says the shed podcast. And you'll also see a tab that says soul sister Sundays. Um, Or maybe you won't see that tab. I think I moved that. But you'll also see the tab where it says books and music and ministry. You can click on that for the book, um, the devotional that I was telling you about. You can get it there. It'll lead you. And it's also on Amazon. But you will also see recipes. And so I have the 
cauliflower fried rice, which is what I'm actually having for dinner tonight with some chicken because the fast is over so I can have my, my chicken. Praise the Lord. Um, and then you'll also see the taco salad. And all these are low carb, sugar free. Yes. Yes, boo. These muffins are sugar free. You are not going to believe it when you taste them, but they are sugar free. And so the recipe is on there, but I'm going to go ahead and give you the recipe now. Um, these muffins were actually inspired by some cornbread that I made and I wanted to do a little something different. And this is my recipe. Actually, all the recipes on the website are my recipes. I did not take them from anyone. No, I did not. They are mine. And because you are a podcast listener, you get the real recipes. I have not left anything out, which is totally not like me. And so, like I've said before, God is doing a work because I am very stingy with my recipes. I keep them bad boys on lock. I do not share them unless you are inside the inner, inner, inner circle. And that inner circle is in my heart. Okay, but I'm sharing. I am sharing because it is a new day. It is a new year. Sharing is on the menu. God is doing a work. And so let's get to it. Let's talk about these banana chocolate walnut muffins dash sugar free. Okay, so your ingredients are you need almond flour. It's one cup of almond flour, one cup of almond meal. Now, I get the almond flour. I want to say it's like the Bob Red Meal something. Bob somebody. Um, And maybe I might try to get a picture up there. But I don't I think blanched almond flour is fine. I don't think it really matters whose brand you use. But um, I'll just tell you what I do. So I get the almond flour blanched almond flour and then at the Kroger Kroger they have a almond meal which is by well at least in my grocery grocery store it's in the uh, aisle with like the um, cornmeal and stuff like that flour regular flour the almond flour is normally in the healthy part of the grocery store like the health food side and then this almond meal is actually in the regular flour aisle so it's a cup of almond flour and then a cup of almond meal six tablespoons of non-salted butter one cup of buttermilk two-third cups of truvia which is stevia you can pick your sugar option but i'm just telling you truvia is what i use because i like it Um, two eggs two teaspoons of baking powder two teaspoons of cinnamon Two teaspoons of banana extract because you cannot put bananas in this because then it's no longer going to be sugar free because there is sugar in bananas. So you use the banana extract, um, a half teaspoon of salt, a half cup of walnuts chopped and a half cup of sugar free chocolate chips. And I use lilies. I get those. I think you can get them from the Sprout grocery store if you have a Sprout near you or you can also get it on Amazon Um, they are a little pricey on Amazon but when you are in need of something sweet you will pay a little bit for it but I will say and and it's about eight dollars a bag on Amazon two dollars less at the grocery store from what I did my research so it's like six dollars at the grocery store eight dollars on Amazon 
But with this recipe, you can probably get maybe three batches of muffins out of that one bag of chocolate chips. So, yeah. All right. And so I'm going to um, off the top of my head, go ahead and just I've done this enough that I should know how to do it. So here we go. You um, take a bowl and you put your sugar in the bowl and then you melt your butter in the microwave or if you want to do it on the stove, totally up to you. Just don't make sure you brown your butter, but you throw the butter in the microwave, melt it, pour it into the sugar and whisk it up. Then after you do that, now, me, I I like do that and then I crack my eggs. But if you actually want to be um, an overachiever, go ahead and crack your eggs before everything starts, okay? So you put your butter, sugar, whisk it, throw them eggs in there, whisk it up, get your cup of buttermilk, pour it on in, and then get you your baking powder and pour that in and also get your banana extract and pour that in and whisk that bad boy up. It's going to be nice and creamy and um, it should look yellow because of the butter. And so my little secret to that is I stick it in the refrigerator for five minutes because what happens is the butter's going to get a little bit cold and it's going to kind of help with consistency. For some reason, I just like that. And it just, I don't know, it's something that I did one day. I've been doing this now for a few years and i that's just what I do. It may or may not make a difference, but I like it because it just makes it a little bit um, harder. It doesn't harden, but it just changed the consistency from being like really thin to a little bit thicker. And I like the thicker consistency. Um, so put that bad boy in the refrigerator for five minutes. While you're doing that, go ahead and get your muffin pans grease them um this will make 12 muffins so if you have you know whatever um i did buy that silicone muffin she actually really like it because i can just pop those bad boys out but if you have a regular one as well but even whether you have the silicone or you have the metal you need to go ahead and grease the muffin holders with some vegetable oil so you do that and then go ahead and um after five minutes is up pull the bowl mixture out the refrigerator dump your one cup of almond flour your one cup of almond meal your cinnamon and your salt and then whisk it and it should be getting nice and thick now okay after you do that and it's it's stirred pretty everything's all you know together then um you can go ahead and chop up your walnuts. If you want to be overachiever, chop up your walnuts before everything starts, just like, you know, with your eggs. Um, but chop them up and take just a handful of the walnuts and put them in the mixture. And then take your half cup of sugar-free chocolate chips, dump those in there, and you're going to fold them. In. So don't use your whisk because it'll be all stuck and stuff. So you can fold it in with like a, a cooking spatula, you know, a baking spatula, one of them little plastic tips or whatever. Fold it in. It'll be all good. Now for me, um, I have a nut allergy in the house. So with with one of my kids, I, before I even put the nuts in, I'll just scoop out the regular batter, put it in the muffin pan. And then, of course, add the chocolate chips then and then I throw the walnuts in and do everything else but so if you have a nut allergy of course you're going to omit the walnuts um but after you do that you just 
scoop and put them in the muffin holders until they're like at the top. Fill them up. Fill them up. Fill them up as much as you can. And uh, stick them. Oh, so the oven needs to be set. I'm sorry. I probably should have said this at the beginning. The oven should be set at 375. And you stick your muffins in for, I will say, everybody's oven is different. Like I have a gas stove. When I had an electric stove, I could do it um, less time, actually. But so I would say between 25 to 30 minutes. Make sure you have a toothpick or something that you can stick in the muffins to make sure that they're done. They will be super soft when they come out. So let them cool, which is hard to do because they're going to smell amazing and you're going to want to um, taste them immediately. But don't don't taste them. Just let them cool and then pop them out and enjoy These will be amazing. I cannot believe that I'm sharing this recipe with you guys. (sighs) But sharing is caring. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. I hear you. Okay. So anyway, that is the end of my podcast today. I'm trying to make sure. Did I share everything I wanted to share? Because I listen, my heart, I thank you guys so much for allowing me to get emotional with you guys to like share what's on my heart because I was I was heavy I was heavy this morning and I was contemplating should I uh should I be personal like this with with these people you know but y'all my friends you're my friends and and this this podcast has to be about keeping it real you know I'm not gonna come on here like I'm not going through nothing and that I don't have issues and that I have all the answers because I don't It is very important for me to be transparent. That's all I know how to do. And I appreciate that you are allowing me to do it. If I said something on here that offended you, too bad. (laughs) Well, anyway, because we're friends, right? So we get over it. Yes, amen. Well, I pray that you have a great day. Enjoy the recipes. Remember to go on the website, www.tmariearnold.com. Check out uh, the recipes that I have and some of the other resources that I have on there. The music, the books, the whatever else I have on there. Um, And just enjoy it and have a blessed, blessed day.